Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode. I'm Ben. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Welcome back. Hello, hello. I've got my coffee and I'm comfy this time. My back doesn't hurt so much. Did you hear that? What? You have coffee and not alcohol. I know, right? Well done. Well, I I thrive on one or the other. Well done, Ben. (laughs) Thank you. I'm proud of myself. And I'm drinking water. Look at that. Are we adulting today? Yeah, we're being good. Being really good. I don't drink coffee, so. Which I think you need to because <laughs> you are way too tired most of the time. I feel like sometimes I really need to drink coffee, but it tastes like shit. I've, I've, I love the taste of coffee. I just, I never really liked it because it always messed with my stomach. Mm. I've gotten over that though. Um, I don't necessarily drink coffee. Sometimes I do. I'll have to drink a lot to make sure I drink it to keep me awake. But I drink coffee because it's like a ritualistic thing. Notification. there's my phone i'm Um, turning that off yeah turn that off but it's it's like a ritualistic thing like wake up in the morning it's that like nice warm hug feel good thing well having just a warm beverage is really nice yeah well yeah exactly it's just my warm beverage of choice is coffee i could have tea because i think like green tea is caffeinated but honestly like when i do have caffeine because i've had some coffee drinks before i don't feel like it makes me more awake well, there's not a lot of caffeine in it. Maybe, okay, you've had energy drinks before. That sure makes you, like, awake and alert. Yeah, but not even that much anymore. I don't know. Yeah, we're getting old. It's hard hard to get into yeah, our I system. Just, I'm just never going to be awake. This is just me for the <laughs> rest of my life. We're tired for the rest of our lives. Oh, that is, <laughs> that is sad Welcome to think about. Welcome to your 30s. Yeah, we're only 30 and we're already bitching. <laughs> God. Okay, um, I'm super pumped. Me too. Do you know why? Not necessarily, well, oh. the episode, yeah. Okay. Before, before we get into that, oh. though. Okay, yeah, tell us. Um, my notes. I'm not doing paper. Although I, I've always been old school and writing my notes on paper, and I still do notebooks and stuff. However, today I'm going digital. I discovered, thanks to you, that I had a tablet <laughs> in my nightstand that I didn't even really know about. So I've got all my notes on a tablet today. So no paper turning, no nothing like that. I just scroll, and I am good to go. Yeah, that's really fancy. Right? But it's also really weird that I had to tell you that you had a tablet. Yeah, I mean, well, when was the last time I used this thing? I don't know. It was lost for the longest period of time because it was in the like middle <laughs> console of your truck. <laughs> it was in my center console. It was just like <laughs> taken by the void. Uh, but yeah, I found it. Um, the only time I think I've ever used this was for Netflix when like I'm on the airplane. On the airplane. That's the only time I've used it because we got it for free signing up with a contract. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you look real fancy. I look fancy. I got my, my, my coffee in one hand, my tablet in the other. Look at us. Ooh. But 
We're going to be talking a real complicated story today. We gave everyone on Instagram who follows us a bit of a, a heads up, a sneak peek. A sneaky peek. We took a screen cap from the CCTV footage uh, of Elisa Lamb. And oh. everyone immediately knew that what this case was. Well, thanks to Netflix, I feel well, like. It, Netflix has brought another uh, another set of eyes onto this for sure. But Elisa Lamb, the case of Elisa Lamb, has been like notorious online. It's a very well-known case prior to Netflix. But the Netflix series, um, Crime Scene, The Vanishing of Cecil Hotel. Or Vanishing at Cecil Hotel. That's Made that's it a little bit more. Honestly, before that, I didn't even know. I'd never heard of it before that. I have heard of the case. Um, when we when we turned on the episode and we were like, I recognize the name Cecil Hotel immediately, but I couldn't couldn't place it. Mm-hmm. And then like two minutes in, I'm like, wait, is this is this Elisa Lamb? And then yeah, boom, right away. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I know what we're in for. Because where was she from again? Was she from BC? Yeah, she's from Vancouver. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's crazy. So it's it's she's a Vancouver uh, resident, but the crime or incident took place uh, in the states. However. Okay, right. Yes, yeah. yes. Ripley, what do you want? She needs something. She needs something. Ripley, you should go lay down. You should go lay down. Go lay down. Okay. She's actually going to be, be- <laughs> she's going to behave. I like how we were both just like, this is going to go one way or the other yep. and it went the right way. <laughs> okay, so let's go right into this. Uh, so Elisa Lamb was also known by her Cantonese Cantonese name. Oh, maybe I'm going to be like you and can't oh, pronounce no. Um, Lam Ho Yi, I believe that's how you pronounce that. Uh, she was born April 30th, 1991. Uh, her immigrant family, uh, they immigrated into Canada. Uh, so she was born in Canada. Okay. I didn't realize she was younger than us. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Um, and like her family actually, like they lived in uh, Burnaby area mm-hmm. and they opened a restaurant in Burnaby and that restaurant is still actually there. Uh, it's called Paul's Restaurant. It's oh, okay. A Chinese Still food run, restaurant and everything. Ran by them. Yep. Oh, we should go. That would be cool. But I, I imagine uh, that family has had a lot of people use it as like an attraction well, thing because of this case. My thought to go was only to support them because, like, yeah, yeah, like they're still, I don't know, having a restaurant, like having something like this happen to their family could have made that shut down and be yeah, destroyed. Exactly. Uh, like when this did happen, there was like they were like so many people going there like not bothering them at the restaurant they were leaving flowers on the doorstep and like it was like a, mm. a memorial on the sidewalk in front of the restaurant yeah. which is super nice but i just i imagine there's some people treating this almost like a tourist attraction because of this case yeah so if you if anyone out there is ever going to go to their restaurant um i'm, I'm going to please ask that you respect them like go to the restaurant support, support the restaurant but I, I wouldn't bother them. I'm sure they've dealt with a lot with this case oh, yeah. and everything. So yeah, so yeah, we would we would like to go one day, but we're just gonna support the restaurant. Exactly. So, anyways, if you haven't watched the, the Netflix series, you guys got to go watch that. But you're gonna listen to us first. Get okay. the 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 deets from us first. Exactly. So Lisa was a student at University Hill Secondary School when she was younger, and then eventually she went to University of British Columbia. We all know that university, especially up here in British Columbia. Uh, she loved fashion and writing, and it all came together in her online blog, like this online world that she was in. Uh, she had a blog spot account called Etherfields, uh, where you can find her writing and Tumblr account, also known as Nouvelle Nouveau, um, which Nouvelle means trendy and Nouveau means like newly arrived or developed. Okay. So yeah, she, she had a big online presence, didn't she? Oh, major. Yeah. Major, yeah. 
Well, she definitely does now because her accounts are still up. Right, which is really cool, actually. Yeah, so I actually have a couple quotes that I'm going to go through with this from her account, and I'm going to link her accounts below so you people can go Love check that. them out as well. Uh, she did prefer Tumblr, though. Uh, she was more active on there and posted lots of, like, including memes, clips from movies, quotes, photography, and historical events, stuff like that. Okay. Um, she opened up quite a bit on her blog posts, and you can tell that she was, like, a really good writer. She loved reading books, and she definitely developed herself and her writing skills. Honestly, that's something I wish I had. Same. I'm a horrible writer. I, yeah, both of us, like, I don't know. I just struggle with I, – I can write, but then it takes me a long time to actually make something sound good, but I overthink yeah. it, and then I'm like, am I using the punctuation and stuff right? Well, and, that's, my, that's my downfall, grammar, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was deep posts on her blogs and she she would go along like quotes that really like posed insightful questions or thoughts to her readers, things like that. So she was quite, quite insightful on these. Um, and I'm going to go into a bit of her posts here. But uh, before we do go into her posts, uh, I want to kind of write a little bit of a note here. I wasn't sure where I should say this in the story. I think here is the best part before we actually read what she had to say. We should understand a little bit of her first okay um she was actually diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression uh, she had been prescribed four medications to treat her disorders and according to her family who supposedly kept her history of mental illness a secret um, she had no history of suicidal thoughts or attempts okay. okay good to know so highlighting on both of her blogs that she had uh ether fields and nouvelle nouveau on tumblr and blogspot uh, the quote up top says, you're always haunted by the ideas you're wasting your life. So that's quite prominent. Say that again. You're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life. That's strong. It is very strong. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of this insightful stuff you'll find. Mm -hmm. But that's a quote that she chose from an author. These words, I'm going to read this here. This is directly her writing. Okay. I'm going to try not to mess this up. This is quoting Elisa on one of her blogs. I feel I'm wasting my time compared to my fellow peers. I had a relapse at the start of the term and had to drop two of three courses I was taking. Now I am down one course and I have missed three weeks of classes since I'm sleeping, since my sleeping pattern is completely reversed. I'm a bit defeated for I have far too much free time and no one to spend time with. I'm checking emails, blog loving, Facebook, Tumblr all the time and even jumped into the Twitter foray. I have a short attention span and I'm avoiding writing the three papers I owe this course. It's two terms. I can text friends who are busy with either school or work, but I have neither of these things going for me. I've started a Photoshop course, but it's only five classes, so perhaps I'm learning some sort of useful skill. Other than that, I have very little going on in my life, which is disappointing. Oh. Yeah. That sounds really sad. Yeah, so the post goes on a little bit more about her personal struggles. Yeah. Um, but it ends with this, uh, with her saying this. As much as I do like spending time to myself, when we are alone for so many days, it's not healthy. I know I must start exercising, but excuses. It is a weariness that keeps me at a standstill. Okay, that actually just shows how strong, though, that she is for putting that something out there like that. It is, yes. Like, I think that's amazing when people are able to express how they're feeling and instead of just bottling it up, you know. 100%. And, like, her blogs were her her safe spot. Yeah. So she was able to express these sort of things. And, like, she, she clearly felt like she was wasting her life, not doing anything with her time compared to her peers. And this could be why that she chose to travel and take a trip down to the West Coast in California. 
To do something grand. Yeah. Yeah. So Elisa found herself traveling first to San Diego. Um, and I found this post uh, where she was actually in San Diego. So this is where she when she was there. Okay. Today I slept, took a long hot shower, stuffed myself silly with a $3 dinner. It had been most productive and enjoyable. I seriously have done nothing in San Diego that is out of the normal routine at home. I do what I want, after all. I like my home comforts, and even now and then, I do something entirely impulsive and reckless, like tell a guy I just met that I like him. I do like people watching at the hostel. Now I'm a, now that I'm rested and well, sorry, sorry. Now that I'm rested and well, starting tomorrow, I should venture outside more. Number one, SeaWorld. Number two, the zoo. Number three, museum, because it's free. Number four, whale watching at Corando Point Limona. Lamoa, I think. I don't know how you say those, but yeah, whale watching at this place. Mm -hmm. So she certainly had an itinerary for herself and she's trying to go out and do things and explore. and But still being kind to herself yes. and letting herself be, which is awesome. Yeah, she's trying to stay true to herself, be comfortable, but mm -hmm. she's trying to get out there. Get out there be and, adventurous. and be adventurous and find happiness, right? Yeah. So after San Diego, she later arrived in LA on January 26th. Now, I couldn't find what happened in these two days specifically. She arrived on the 26th, was there for two days, and then she checked in on January 28th um, in a hotel near downtown Skid Row. Okay. Now, Skid Row, just so everyone's aware, um, it was established by city officials in 1976 as an unofficial, quote-unquote, containment zone where shelters and services for homeless people would be tolerated. Tolerated, that's a... Kind of a brutal word, hey? Yeah, I feel like there could have been a different word to des describe that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a neighborhood in LA, uh, also known as Central City East. It contains one of the largest stable populations, about 4,200 to 8,000 homeless people in the United States. Wow. And has been known for its condensed homeless population since the 1930s and covers 50 city blocks. So that's what Skid Row is, and that's she's staying like right adjacent to this this area. Yeah, I feel yeah, having a hotel that close to that isn't great, I feel like. But Yeah, for sure. And I think the hotel kind of suffered from that because it also started up like kind of in the in the nineteen thirties as well, so right around the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's there's nothing against like the the hotel. Like the hotel has tried to succeed throughout the decades and everything. We're gonna get into the hotel here a little bit. Right. So the hotel that she checked into was called the Cecil Hotel, the same hotel that we go over in the documentary by, the by Netflix. The Cecil Hotel. Right? Dun, dun, dun. Ah. It's like everyone knows this name. If you are into true crime, if you're on the internet searching stuff like that, web sleuths all know this name. Mm -hmm. So it was built in 1924 as a destination for business travelers and tourists. Through the decades, however, the hotel began to decline as Skid Row became increasingly populated with homeless and became a source for low-income housing. Right. So the hotel, like, eventually became that people who couldn't have uh, places that they could rent or purchase were actually renting rooms at the Cecil Hotel. So there was low-income housing becoming more and more prominent within the hotel. Which is probably a way that they never thought they would go. Exactly. It just, yeah, it seemed it, like it just happened. It just started kind of happening. It, they never really meant for it or intended. It's mm -hmm. just, it was an income for the hotel, so they... they well, they needed to succeed rather than yeah. just fail. So the hotel has a dark history of murders, death, and violence. 
because oh, of all this. There was even, um, I didn't make note of who it was because that could be a whole nother episode, but there was a notorious murderer who would go out, mm-hmm. murder people, and then come back covered in blood and go to his room in the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> that was just accepted. Right? People, like That's the atmosphere here. Oh, you have boy. a murderer who's comfortable going home in the Cecil Hotel and people oh, in the Cecil Hotel seeing this mm-hmm. and just knowing that that's just normal. Yeah, that's, so that's just the way of life there. Right, that's that's the atmosphere. Oh it's boy, dark. That is a hotel that I just think I'm probably never going to stay at. Yeah. So eventually, like throughout the decades, this is building up and building up, right? Mm-hmm. So eventually, it forced the hotel owners to try and split the hotel into two portions because they couldn't really do anything else about this low-income housing. Um, so in 2011, the hotel was separated into two portions. One side was for that low-income housing. I um, mean. Like I said, restrictions force them to keep that. I'm assuming it's government restrictions. I couldn't find much on that. Oh, like restrictions. They had to keep the low income housing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like they couldn't. They couldn't just revamp the hotel and kick all these people because it was probably needed. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the government's like, no, you got to keep it. Okay. So, like I said, I can't find the facts on what made them keep it or anything, mm-hmm. but it seems like it was some sort of restriction along those lines that said, no, it has to stay in in place as as is. So the low hang- income housing on one side. And then it was rebranded on the other side as the stay on main with a separate reception area and everything. The only thing is they did share the elevators. So you would get crossover a little bit of flow and traffic, but. Which is really just an interesting. It is. Concept. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Could you imagine just like, oh, I'm going to this nice hotel. And then you're in the elevator with someone. I mean, it's not the case and. 2011 but maybe in the 1940s it was because that murderer was there covered in blood covered in blood going up to your suite (laughs) i i actually think i'd be like okay i'm out yeah peace out no thanks check you later (laughs) so when elisa checked in she was initially signed a hostile style room in the cecil hotel uh, on the fifth floor however her roommates complained of certain odd behaviors and she was eventually moved to a room of her own after two days I searched and searched and I couldn't find anywhere of these roommates being interviewed or giving any sort of like words or anything. Oh, yeah, because they weren't in that the doc, it, the documentary either. They weren't. So I can't find any hmm. confirmation on what odd behavior was. There's some speculation. Yeah. And I know they I think they went over one or two in the documentary, but I didn't want to cover it because I couldn't find facts on them. Well, and they must have not wanted to be part of it then. Yeah, I'm potentially. Assuming. So whatever odd behavior it was, she's now in her own room after these two days. So on January 31st, Elisa did not contact her parents as she was supposed to. That was one of the stipulations of her traveling down to the States in California. She has to call her parents every day. Oh, I love that. Right? Good parents. Good parents. Yeah, that's amazing. So she didn't contact them. And eventually they reached out to the Los Angeles Police Department and reported her missing. And she was officially reported missing on February 1st. Okay. The police searched the hotel, but could not find her. Her possessions were still in the possession, or her personal possessions were still at the hotel, but there was no sign of Elisa anywhere. Aww. Until the police checked the security, the, the security cameras. That's where it gets wild. Yeah. So the only place she can be found is in the camera on an elevator. And on February 15th, after two weeks of no sign of Elisa, no sign of Elisa, the LEPD released the footage to the public. That seems like such a long span of time. Well, I think what it is is like they can't find her. 
And I'm sure it would have taken a few days for them to track down the specific footage and everything, right? I guess, yeah. So there's there's no telling when they received the footage or anything, but when they released it to the public, it's it's probably like, okay, we're looking for this girl. Here's where she was last seen. Here's her behavior, everything, what she was wearing. So I don't know. I just feel like that's like too long of a span. Like time's precious when someone's missing. But that's true. So if you haven't seen the footage, I'm going to link it in the description here as well. Mm-hmm. It is super eerie. Super eerie. The footage of Elisa has become incredibly famous. It's all over the internet. Like I said, it's it's so eerie to watch. Um, that being said, like I said, the link's there. Go watch it. I recommend it. It's it's a good, it's interesting. It Very will help interesting. you visualize the story and yeah. stuff easier. So if you want to go watch it now, go for it. If not, wait till the end. If you go watch it now, please come back. <laughs> <laughs> so the footage is four minutes long and it shows Elisa enter the elevator alone. She bends down, presses a series of buttons, and stands back at the elevator. Kind of normal. Weird she pressed so many buttons, but it's normal so far. Yeah. Until she begins to sneak forward and quickly pokes her head out and looks both ways down the hallway as fast as she can. And then sneaks back into the elevator, back pressed up against the wall. Yeah, right. Ooh, okay, and it's coming back to me. shifts over back into the front corner by the buttons and kind of like hides in the corner of the elevator. As if she's trying to hide from someone. Yeah. So super odd behavior. All the while, I want to make note that the elevator door isn't closing. It's staying open this whole time. But this has been, there's people like saying that, well, that could be someone outside holding the button open. But in the documentary, they even go over this. It has been debunked um, that she actually was pressing the door hold button. So, and that door hold button holds the door open for two minutes. Right. So the door is open because she's pressing that button, Mm -hmm. just so people are aware. So after a moment, when she's kind of hiding in that corner, she begins to make her way towards the opening of the elevator again. And she makes her way into the hallway, where her behavior gets even weirder. She goes out of camera view for a moment. and She seems to be calm, but kind of in distress at the same time. Like she's confused. She goes back into the elevator, presses a bunch of buttons again, then again exits the elevator. Almost looks like she's talking to someone. She's definitely saying, like she's speaking. It looks like she's speaking to someone. And she was gesturing with her hands a bit, yeah, right? Yeah, she was beginning to do those really weird gestures with her hands. Like her fingers were like spread really far apart. And she's doing like circular weird motions. Really odd stuff. And then after the gesture, she begins to like also like bend her fingers back really far and her hands back really far. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Like it does like... It doesn't look like she's breaking her fingers or putting herself in pain, but it does look really awkward and really like uncomfortable. Like a weird movement that you wouldn't normally make. Yeah. Like like her fingers are like probably almost touching her wrist sort of thing. Like, oh, jeez. Yeah. So it's super weird. Uh, so like I said, not harmful, but super weird. And she exits the camera view down the hallway to the left on the 14th floor and is never seen again. So she, yeah, because she didn't go up, even go up or anything at that moment, right? Like any, she didn't go up any floors or anything. No, you can't see any floors. All you can see is the the hallway outside the elevator. So she went out the elevator and turned left. And never seen And she's gone. Did they not have cameras going down the hall and stuff? No, some of the cameras were restricted. There was not cameras in every area. Again, they covered that in the documentary. That their coverage of the cameras in the hotel weren't the greatest. Right. Um, But even though that she's gone... one thing that I want to point out is that the video continues for another minute and a half. 
With the door being open still, right? The, door, the door's open. But the door closes again two more, sorry, the door closes and it closes again two more times before the, the footage ends. So it closes, then opens, then closes, then opens, then closes. Right, which is weird. Really weird. <laughs> really weird. Um, even more strange about this footage, it has been edited. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So the first thing that you're going to see when watching this fo- this footage as far as edited happen edit, editing happening um, the timestamp at the bottom where the time's scrolling by and showing like date stamp uh-huh. and seconds and everything it's blurred it's completely unreadable. The second thing is there is an obvious cut in the footage where the door is closing for the first time. All of a sudden, the door just jumps and it's already halfway closed and then smooths continue to close. There's an obvious cut oh. there. Oh. Okay. Yeah, which is Interesting. really odd. Interesting. So back to the timestamp, though. Uh, even though the timestamp is blurred, numbers are patterns. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. And then it's two. And then, so like 20, 21, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 30, which is three. One, two, three. It's, it's a pattern. So even though it's blurred, patterns have emerged and people have easily been able to decode the timestamp okay why why would they even blur the well that's one question why did they blur that yeah and why has it been edited to be blurred and that cut yeah it seems very unnecessary but the timestamp gets weirder you might ask okay why has it been blurred but okay i I gotta find this exactly here (laughs) that's not the weird part apparently (laughs) oh it's not it gets weirder um so people have been able to decode the timestamp and they figured out that the footage has been slowed down 33 to 35% and 53 seconds are missing in the last one third of the video. What? That's a long time. That's a long time. That's a long time. So there's major speculation on why and who did it. What was going on in that 53 seconds? It could have showed someone that she could have been potentially talking to. Right. Been responsible for what's about to occur. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah, it's it's iffy. So during the weeks while they searched for Elisa, a guest at the hotel began, began to complain about low water pressure and even some claims of discolored water and a weird taste. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is just the part that I hate so much. <laughs> even people who don't know this case, I'm pretty sure you can already see where this is oh, going. Oh, I just hate it. So this was an obvious issue, and the hotel sent their maintenance worker, Santiago Lopez, to investigate and repair the problem. On the morning of February 19th, so remember, she was officially missing on February 1st. So on the morning of February 19th, Santiago found Elisa's greenish bloated 
body oh floating face up in a thousand gallon water tank located on the hotel's roof. Yeah, with guests have using that water. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, this tank and three others, so there's four in total, um, supplied water to guest rooms, a kitchen, oh. and even a coffee shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would probably make your latte taste real good. <laughs> Holy oh, moly. As I'm drinking a coffee. Oh, yeah. That actually just makes my stomach turn like real bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could sue them for that. I mean, there was a lawsuit uh, that was put up against the hotel um, by Elisa's parents. I, I didn't put this in my research or anything. Uh, and it was a lawsuit against like negligence of safety or something along those lines. Oh, okay. Um, because how did she get in that hatch? The hatch was unlocked, right? Yeah. So the 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 suit actually didn't go through. I think it was in 2015 it fell through or something. But it was an unsuccessful lawsuit. Oh, dang. But I also feel like it's almost surprising that people weren't getting sick from that. Right. I don't know. Maybe that boosts your immune system. Who knows? <laughs> but like that's nasty. Yeah. Totally gross. Oh. So if you ever have a dirty water at a hotel again, maybe uh, think of think of this case. Now that we've successfully ruined everyone's appetites <laughs> for the rest of the day. Right. Okay. So. On February 21st, oh, sorry, the tank had been cut open and her body was removed because they couldn't access her from the top of the tank. Okay. So on February 21st, the Los Angeles coroner office issued a finding of accidental drowning with a bipolar disorder as a significant factor. So there was no evidence of physical trauma. While she was found in the water nude with her clothes at the bottom of the tank, there was no sign of sexual assault and there was also no sign of suicide. The toxology report, it goes quite in depth on some of the stuff found in her system. A lot of it's kind of meaningless. So I did cut some out. Like there was like her blood level, blood alcohol level was like 0.02, like Mm. like minimal stuff like that. That's like it's in there, but it's not necessary to talk about. So there's some stuff I cut out, but the important stuff that we do need to talk about. um, So the test showed that she was taking her (laughs) she was taking her prescription medication. There we go. I got that. She was taking it. She was taking it, but no recreational drugs were found. Which some people say maybe she got some drugs, you know, like right by Skid Row, where there's a bunch of shady figures and stuff. Which what could explain some of her like behavior in the elevator. Yeah. If she was high or something. Yeah. Um, now, however, even though she was taking her prescription drugs, um, the concentration of those drugs in her system indicated that she had stopped taking some of her medications recently or had been inconsistent with them. Oh, okay. Which I guess could yeah. affect an illness like that quite heavily. It could. So huh. that is the case of Elisa Lam. A lot of people are not happy to say that, you know, it was an accidental drowning, that someone could have been involved in this. Someone knows something. Why has the footage been edited in the elevator, for example? Mm-hmm. The door access to the roof was locked. So a hotel worker is the only one who could have led her to the roof. However, in the, in the investigation trying to find her when she was missing, um, there was police dogs in the scene. They didn't find her on the roof. Police dogs never found her on the roof. So just saying that. But they did catch her scent up to a window where she could have used the fire escape, which was accessible to the public, which easily accesses to the roof. Okay. So that's one of the theories on how she got up there. Right. Yeah. And honestly, I just I was just going to say it doesn't feel like this is very – that outcome doesn't give a lot of closure it to the family. Doesn't. really. So I do. Because there's still things kind of up in the air. 
Oh, there's so many things up in the air. Yeah. But I do have the theories written down here. Okay. Some of these theories are a little wild. Some of them might be a little more on point. You decide what you think. The official report, however, that she had drowned accidentally. Was an accidental drowning. Yeah. Drowning. So it was like her unfortunate death was labeled as such, but there are still some theories that surround little details that suggest otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, like why? Like I said, why was the footage edited? Uh, That's a big one. The hatch on the water tank is a big thing. The police report, I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it, but the police report says, according to the documentary and many other sources talking about it online, um, apparently the police report says the hatch was closed on the top of the water tank. And people say, Elisa, if she jumped in on her own will, wouldn't have been able to close that hatch. There's no way, yeah. However, the worker who found her, the maintenance worker, Santiago Lopez, says the lid was open. So why did the police report say otherwise? Unless he like closed it after. Imagine seeing that and being like, oh my gosh, and then closes it or something. Maybe. Or I don't know. It's so hard to say. In the documentary, they, they brush it off as just a, an error. Right. Someone just made a mistake. But those hatches should be locked. They should be. Which again, like that's why that lawsuit started, right? Yeah, that is a safety issue for sure. I'm sure they're they're locked now on that building and many others around. Oh the world. yeah, because <laughs> this honestly, this isn't the first crime that I've ever heard where there's someone dies in a water tank or gets like stored in a or gets murdered and then stored in a water tank. Yeah. So this yeah. is the thing. We're we're gonna touch on that a little okay, bit here. Sorry, in a am second. I jumping ahead? <laughs> almost, almost, kind of, maybe a little bit in a parallel way. Um, but this whole like hatch issue um, opens up the world of theories for a cover up by either someone at the hotel, someone in the police, or even oh. possibly government. Okay, that the hotel covering something up that is an interesting one. Especially when it comes down to the footage, the hotel claims they never edited it, edited it. <laughs> they never edited it, and the police say that. They never did either. They released it just as the hotel gave it to them. So there's no one out there admitting to doing any sort of editing to the footage. Huh. Okay, because, yeah, I just have, I just feel like this hotel is a bit sketch. Yeah. So something, I wonder if something, yeah, I, that is a theory that I think I could fall behind. So that is the most logical theory. Mm-hmm. There's three more theories I have here that are a little bit out there. There's one theory I'm not going to touch on because it has been completely debunked. They touch on it in the Netflix series. So you can go watch that and t- take a look yourself. It's about the the metal, heavy metal rock dude. But anyways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. No. Um, so one of the theories is the quote unquote dark water theory. There's a 2005 horror film called Dark Water. And it's a remake of a 2002 Japanese film with the same name. <laughs> Our, what is that called? Some pump. Some pump is going on. I don't off. know if you guys can hear that or not, but it's a loud humming noise. It's like a garage door <laughs> just opened. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's a remake of this 2002 Japanese film with the same name. And the movie features a little girl who moves to a dilapidated building with her mother and then dies after falling inside a water tank on the building's roof. Very similar premises yeah. here. Yeah. So one of the theories is that someone may have been using Elisa to recreate this plot. Like a person like murdering. Yeah. Her, so of. some sort of like copycat murder. Oh, that's fun. 
Jeez. <laughs> Fun. That's the word I wouldn't use wow. to describe it. Well, but okay. Geez. I don't like that one. So that is a theory. <laughs> I don't like that theory. Another theory is a tuberculosis cover-up. This is one of the most elaborate theories to emerge. The tuberculosis theory. Okay, what is this again? This one, it's it's kind there's some crazy coincidences in this one. But it's it's again, it's a little out there, even though these coincidences are like on point. So it suggests that Elisa was actually a test subject for some kind of tuberculosis medication. To get this, there's an outbreak of tuberculosis in Skid Row in, in LA at the time that Elisa was there, just days after her body was found. Okay. So I, I'm going to try and say this drug properly. Isonized, isonized, I think is how you say it. It's the most common antibiotic prescribed to those who suffer from tuberculosis. One of the main side effects of this drug is confusion and abnormal behavior. Wow. The very same behavior Elisa was exhibiting on the CCTV footage in the elevator. That's a side effect and a half. Right. Okay. So it's a strange coincidence. Yeah. But here's another one. A tool that is being used to test patients for tuberculosis is called Lamb-Elisa. Right. Elisa's name is Elisa Lamb. That's wild. It's spelt exactly the same. That's wild. Right? See, yeah, I feel like that is actually a little bit, like there's a lot of connection weirdness going on yeah. there. So that, that Lamb-Elisa test apparently stands for enzyme-linked immunosorbent Assay, assay, I don't a s s a y assay, a s s a y. Yeah, you're asking me <laughs> assay, assay. I, I don't know. know. Maybe I'm just like being having a blonde moment, but I can't read that word. <laughs> Anyways, there's nothing wrong with being blonde, Ben. <sighs> Hypothetical blonde moment. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just assume my hair color? <laughs> okay, so. Theories also address a potential explanation on the, like the Netflix documentary, arguing that Elisa could have been a subject to knowing too much and was fatally silenced. The University of British Columbia, where we know she went to school, has a renowned tuberculosis research center, like one of the top in the world. See, I just, okay, I don't, I don't think this is a legit theory but there is a lot there's there. a lot going on here there's a lot of like really like on target coincidences tons. and it, yeah and it's very it's very alarming but i just i can't get behind that theory but yeah yeah it, it does need to be noted there's too much there's so much in line that it's like it just i don't know how to put it into words how much of a like how can you get this many exactly. coincidences i think there was another one uh, involving like longitude, latitude, some other number stuff that was yeah. really weird, but that one was a little bit out there for me. I just kind of left that one be. But there's, it lines up way too well. But that also maybe the more you dig, maybe you could always just find something, a connection between weird things. That's the more true. you dig, you know? That's true. You're looking for an answer, you'll find it eventually. Exactly. So that that is a theory. It's the most um, well-established one, I guess because of all those coincidences. Mm -hmm. uh, the final theory is the strangest and most unlikely theory, but it's my favorite because it's way out there and I like to entertain these kind of ideas and this kind of shit. <laughs> okay. Um, it's called the elevator game. 
Okay. Okay. What's this? The elevator game, also known as the Korean elevator game, and elevator to another world, elevator to hell. It's got a bunch of different names. The game involves entering an elevator along, uh, entering an elevator alone, um, of a building of at least ten stories high. The player has to follow a very specific set of rules, pressing different buttons to go to different floors. And if you press these sequence of buttons correctly, you proceed to a whole different dimension and or world. Interesting. Yeah. And then so some Would people you try this. I'm kind of tempted to. Okay. Let's just like, I let's do that when you're on your own. <laughs> well, not, not when so I'm with you. <laughs> so you're going to leave me so I can go. Wow. <laughs> because I don't know. That's just creepy. That's creepy. It's definitely creepy. Um, and they, they say it's best done at night because, you know, Ooh, there's, there's, of you can't be interrupted is why you can't be interrupted. And if you interrupt, if you're interrupted, you have to start over. So at night, there's less people oh, there's around. There's less people, but also so. just like, I don't know. I feel like at night you're more freaked out. 100%. And, yeah. But yeah, that theory suggests that uh, maybe Lisa, Elisa, sorry, was playing this game and she summoned some sort of something or someone. Interesting. Yeah. So officially her death was declared as as drowning with contributing factor of uh, bipolar disorder. But we have these other theories out there. And a lot of people are not quite at rest. And whether it is a murder, whether it's a tuberculosis cover-up, whether it's an huh. elevator to hell, all we do know is that Elisa had a very tragic passing. Yeah. Here she was just out trying to make her life a bit more exciting. And this mm-hmm. shit happens like that's brutal. Exactly. And I'm, I'm going to scroll back here on my tablet. Oh, yeah. How's that been going it's been for going you? good, actually. I, I think I might need to use a bit of a bigger font. You, or just get the glasses like you need. Shut up. I'm not that old yet. <laughs> you need glasses. I want to end this podcast on a little bit of a note here. Uh, this note was what she has at the top of her blogs. I already read it. I'm going to read it again. Okay. You're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life. Oh. It's almost like uh, like she wrote her own obituary. No kidding. Or like what should be on her gravestone. Mm-hmm. Really. It, may, it just kind of gives you a little bit of shivers. It does. It's sad. So that is the story of Elisa Lamb. Um, go check out the next Netflix series. There's four episodes on it. There is a deep, deep hole you can go into on the internet. I'm sure there is. Yeah. And... Go check out that CCTV footage. Link below and her blogs are down below. Go give her a read. Go give her uh, some support. Even though she's gone, you can still read what she wrote. Yeah, you can still support her for sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's very sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Oh, man. So I do have a little bit of good news at the uh, end of this episode, though. Okay. Um, we are going to start a little mini series for everyone Ooh. out there. So we have an episode coming out every Tuesday. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. But randomly once in a while to give you guys a little boost of serotonin we're coming out with a mini episode called legend has it cover urban legends ghost stories that sort of stuff and we're going to be coming out with a little episode this week for you guys i'm not going to tell you what day it is we're just going to drop it out on a little bonus yeah drop it out on instagram say here it is and we're going to drop it out there on our spotify apple podcast the whole world so you can go find and listen to us so if you're listening on Tuesday, you got maybe a day, two, three, maybe, and you it'll be know. out. Yeah. If you're listening later in the week, could already be out. But I'm going to be going over the whole elevator game. 
So let's talk about that in depth. And it's just a little bonus. It's a little bit shorter than the normal podcast exactly. would be, right? So. Yeah, just a little fun. Throw it in there once in a while, like I said, for that boost of serotonin. Yeah, I yeah. like it. I like it. So until that episode comes out and until next Tuesday, what do we say again, Nicole? Well, no, I need to say one more thing here. Oh, what do you got to say? First of all, well done. That was really well done. Thank I enjoyed you. that thoroughly. And I want people, we're going to do a post on Tuesday. I want to hear what people think. Like, what was their theory? What do they think happened? I want to know. So, like, call, go comment on the post and yes. tell us. Because I love actually hearing what other people think oh. of, like, their theories and stuff. And uh, we've already been contacted by one of our listeners, Nirvana. Oh, yeah. She's actually stayed at the Cecil Hotel not too long before wild. the whole Elisa Lam incident. And she sent us some photos from her stay there. So, we'll be posting that on her Instagram, That's too. That's super cool. Yeah. And, yeah, there's probably other people out there that have stayed there. Probably. So let Let's us hear know. those stories. I want to hear. So we'll hear those stories. We'll drop our story, the elevator game, mm-hmm. and we'll keep posting some wicked stuff. There you go. Okay, yeah. finish it off, Ben. All right. Stay wicked, guys. See you later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.